Hello and welcome to episode 315th of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of cgmagonline.com. Wow, we just were able to witness the Xbox showcase for this for this year is what it looks like, although they say they're going to do another one. But the big one, this, this is basically their big E3 presentation, uh, sans the E3, of course. And uh, we got a we got a full panel today to discuss it. Uh, starting off on the top, we have Brendan Fry, editor in chief of CG Magazine. Brendan, how you doing? I'm good. Yourself, Alex? Good, good. I hear you've been um, you've been huffing the G fuel recently. Is this is correct? I mean, drinking it because that sounds like a, that's a that's a weird path there, Alex. Uh, huffing the G fuel might be weird. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Weird street slang that I don't know about because I'm not hip. Okay. Okay. It's so happening. not. I don't. I don't use TikTok, so I don't know what that means. Okay, well, don't worry. We'll we'll set you up with an account. Can do it. It'll good. be a whole thing. But uh, helping set up uh, the TikTok account for Brendan Fry, editor of CGMagonline.com, is Liam Ferguson. Liam, how you doing? Doing good. I've never used TikTok. Nice. Well, we'll we'll, we'll help you get an account too with help from our good friend Jordan Biordi. Jordan, how are you feeling why about would, TikTok? Why would you assume I'm the TikTok expert? I'm like the oldest guy here. You're the I last person on the list. Brendan, I was trying to make you feel better. Okay. <laughs> mm. well now we just all feel bad so yeah. uh, i don't know what to say um but yeah we, we we had the xbox showcase and this was the this was basically the the e3 spiritual successor because you know we're not getting e3 this year and uh hour long a lot of games and uh interesting but we're not going to hop into that right now we're just going to look at a couple of reviews and in, in, in an interview that we that you can read now on cgmagonline.com starting with uh, bread and fry you got to interview Someone from the the hit game Ghost of Tsushima, Nate Fox. Yeah, I basically just talk, um, just talked about um, Ghost of Tsushima and just about like the inspiration behind it because he is the creative director of Sucker Punch Productions. I want to say mm-hmm. I, I forget Sucker Punch is a weird studio name because it isn't Sucker Punch Studios; it's Sucker Punch Productions, and I don't know, that's a weird yeah, thing. So to he's, he's game director at the studio, which I yeah. assume is Sucker yeah. Punch. So that is correct. Um, uh, so basically, he just went over just like how. He came up with the idea for the game, what his, what the creative role was, how he kind of drew the conclusion of what this game should be. And he just talked about the fact that um, samurai films, and especially the films of Akira Kurosawa, really kind of inspired uh, Ghost of Tsushima and how the game kind of came to like be what it is. And he also talked about mm-hmm. like uh, the experts he used, the framing he used the style how it connects to history how it doesn't connect to history and all the all basically the um elements that made this game so interesting especially for one of the games that is like the last game like major titles hitting the ps4 for, like exclusively mm-hmm. so it's, sure. it's really neat, but it's but i haven't finished ghost of Tsushima yet but just just hearing some of the things he discussed about how the team worked how they worked with experts how they drew uh, concepts from historical events and mm-hmm. avoid yet avoided being directly connected to history it was it was really interesting and it actually did make, give me a better appreciation for the depth of the game well and it's interesting because it is very much a north american studio exactly take, taking their crack at it very japanese inspired sort, sort of game so, yeah. um it, i feel like they're if they didn't handle it properly it could have looked very bad but uh, it seems like the team in sucker punch has done a good job and uh, i mean everything i've heard about the game it's it's all the screenshots i've seen all the, all, all, all the gameplay thoughts it's it's it seems like they have a they have a nice good samurai game on, yeah, they on, definitely on do. there so it's very good and sort of on that 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 same samurai 
um, you know, difficult combat game. We have Story of Seasons: Friends of Mineral Town, which Jordan, you uh, you did a you did an old review for. Yes, um, it's it's basically the the Dark Souls of farming games. What? Wow. Um, okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's got difficult <laughs> combat. It's really you know intense in a lot of ways. I was really excited to see this one, like when it got announced. Uh, it was like maybe like a like a year or two ago, and uh, because like I I grew up um, with. I mean, like, Harvest Moon 64, arguably one of the best Harvest Moons, um, and then Friends of Mineral Town came out a few years later, and it was basically, like, Harvest Moon 64 on a portable console, so, like, it was just fantastic, and I know a lot of people really, really, like, have a soft spot for Friends of Mineral Town. Um, I mean, I, 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 it's one of the games I probably sunk the most time into in my, like, in my youth, but, uh, and... This one is just is sort of like a from the ground up recreation of it. Um, it's under the the Story of Seasons banner because I and I kind of explained this in a few reviews a little bit in this one. Um, basically, the company Natsum owns the rights to the name Harvest Moon. They were the ones who were initially making Harvest Moon games, um, but then there was a separation. So the original team that developed the Harvest Moon games they left natsum to make uh story of season so basically all the games that are, that the harvest moon games that still fall under the, the, the natsum umbrella aren't being made by the original team that's why they sort of took a dip in quality um mm-hmm. and that's why all the story of seasons games kind of like are regarded as the like true harvest moon successors um and this one like like it's it it's really the most perfect remake you could expect of a game like this like it feels really well uh it, like it feels really good to play um, it sort of goes back to like the basics of Harvest Moon. I know one of the things about one of the last Harvest Moons that I played was that like it streamlined a lot of stuff. So it just made everything like faster and more um, convenient, which sort of takes away, I think, from the like the methodical nature of Harvest Moon games. And what makes them fun is that kind of like day to day, like just going through it and like, you know, the, like the seeing the labors of your hard work come to fruition. Um, so this one feels like a lot more like those old school harvest moons and yeah like all it, it looks great it's got that really like cute chibi aesthetic that i've always loved um magical melody had it and magical melody is in my opinion is one is probably my favorite um i don't know if i would say it was the best one but you know all the character redesigns are really nice like the art style like the like the, the for all the character portraits is really like really upscaled and 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 like it looks really good and yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun to play if you're if you're a, a fan of old school Harvest Moon and like you remember playing Friends of Mineral Town like this this game is right up your alley. And and what uh, things that should be mentioned I mentioned it in my review and I can't mention it enough. It is the first of the Harvest Moon games that I know of that like like or the first of the games within the Harvest Moon umbrella that actually embraced lgbtq or lgbtq but you know uh, representation because there is like same-sex marriage in this one um which has kind of been an archaic thing about the like the the story of seasons harvest moon games like it's only ever embraced like uh you know binary uh like sexual orientation options so it's really nice to see a game like this that actually is so inclusive for like anyone who grew up loving uh friends of mineral town and the harvest moon games Nice. Well, I'm glad that they they, they they made a good. So it's a remake of, the, of of an older game then. Yeah, it was the okay. Game Boy Advance game. Okay, cool, 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 cool. We're gonna jump into the Xbox showcase. Um, and 
in the second sort of segment of our show, me, I'm sat down with Cole Watson to talk about the game that uh, he sort of connected with most throughout his life and the one that he still uh, finds as his favorite. So that's something to look forward to. But before we jump, jump into that, Xbox Showcase, it happened. There were a lot of games. I'm going to list them off. And uh, it's very exciting to hear a list of games because, you know, it's what everyone comes here for. But we have a new Halo game, Halo Infinite. We got a new Forza Motorsport. We have State of Decay 3. We have Everwild, Outer Worlds Gorgon DLC. We have Grounded. We have Avowed. We have Satsuna Sacrifice. We have Psychonauts 2. We have Destiny 2, Stalker 2, Treacherous Fight Connected, The Gunk, The Medium, Fantasy Star Online, New Genesis, Crossfire X, and Fable. So a lot of games. And um, I, just starting with you, Liam, what was your what was your one standout game that, that you saw, or the one that excited you the most? Hmm. I think the one that excited me the most would have to be Psychonauts 2. It was just a very pleasant, colorful trailer. Jack Black can still sing. It. <laughs> I don't have much else to say. It's just more my thing than most of what else was shown here. Honorable mention goes to Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, but it couldn't be the favorite because I had a lot of trouble figuring out what it was and i'm still not sure it kind of looks i mean i I have no experience with the fantasy star series but it kind of looks like xenoblade to me like that that's what i see it looks like a similar maybe not a similar combat system but um, clearly you guys did not play enough fantasy star online on the gamecube with the key the keyboard controller uh you know that that was made specifically for that right I think Jordan might be the oldest person on the show, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys don't remember the the built-in keyboard GameCube controller that was de- developed specifically for Fantasy Star Online on the GameCube. You're um, right. I don't remember that, but I do oh, remember C A R D Revolution, a game that I would old, quite friend. like to play one day. Well, because like Fantasy Star Online was always like, you know, because I mean, like Fantasy Star was just like you know uh, a really well but like really well made beloved sort of like final fantasy-esque game that was like made by sega so you know nintendo had final fantasy sega had fantasy star and like the fantasy star games are pretty good but then i think it was on the originally released on the dreamcast there was fantasy star online that was kind of just like an action rpg that also had like online elements so i think it was like up to four people uh like online but you could like uh, interact with uh, like with way more people in like the world hub, and um, it, they've been they've like they've kept it going since then. I remember they even made one for the Xbox 360. It was Fantasy Star Universe, I think it was. So yeah, they're just they're kind of they're kind of Xenoblade-y, but like I think they're more action focused than like Xenoblade, which is still kind of like turn based in its design. Yeah, and this one looks to be the most actionized yet uh, with what seems to be a Xenoblade-like world design, possibly limited flight abilities and massive large-scale fights where you have a lot of control over your mobility and what you're doing. It At this point, it looks... Apparently, it is an upgraded version of Fantasy Star Online 2, which is an action MMO. So we're going to have to see how the heck this thing turns out 
but I have to say, this is the most interested I've been in one of those of that genre. Yeah, it definitely, it looks a lot, like, a lot of fun. Like, that was something, like, you know, and... I'm, I am dating myself here because like I, I never got re- I never really spent too much time playing any of the other fantasy star onlines because they only released in Japan um, but like you know fantasy star online at least the, the the cube remake like it was very similar in that in that aesthetic like it was very like uh, like high tech you know you had like laser swords and stuff like that um, you know there were very big boss fights but your mobility was still very restricted it was kind of like very much a like you know you're fighting a giant dragon hit it in the legs until it falls over uh, and then yeah, you can hit I've, it in the head for more damage uh, pictures of that one so pictures yeah, of that so, in nintendo power back in the day so it was it was very much like that like but you know for what it was it was still like pretty pretty great for its time um yeah this one just this one just looks like crazy fast paced looks like a lot of fun I don't know if I'm going to get an Xbox to play it because apparently it is coming to the Switch in it's Japan. It's on everything. It. So, yeah. I saw the. I saw the list. It's on everything. Much like the, much like PSO2 itself will be very soon. Yeah. Just grab it on Switch. Have a good time. Right. So was Fantasy Star your your favorite game that that was shown off, Jordan, or? Um, I don't think I had a favorite game that was showed in this presentation um, wow what what a playstation fanboy jordan call me is. call me a grumpy old cynic but a lot of these games looked really identical um you know I, over, it, it, over the <laughs> internet to give you a digital pat on the back i had some trouble myself it's a good thing that psychonauts is colorful me. That's what I mean. I was like, and, and, you know, Alex, you could vouch for me here because for some reason I was just, you know, all the things I should have been live tweeting, I was just just, just messaging to you. <laughs> like, you know, every time I thought I saw something like interesting and fun, it just ended up not being the thing I wanted. Like, how are you going to come out the gate on an Xbox, you know, new Xbox showcase and not bring Viva Pinata to the table? I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just negligence. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was before it started. You 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 were very Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata. You're Viva Halo, and, you're like, and you're not gonna give me Viva Pinata? <laughs> oh gosh, Rare had a game here. Oh, that's right. I completely yeah. I forgot again. I just watched it and I forgot what was it called. It wasn't Evergrace. That's the FromSoft. That's an old FromSoft game. Uh, Everwild. Uh, yeah, ever yeah. wild. I don't think we know what that is yet. I know it's it's it, it looks like a nicely stylized like it looked like it was a pretty good looking game about is like it some another sort of sea nature of thieves and being. It looks like being it might a, be there were four uh, people there doing a thing. Okay, there are four people player games. The sea of thieves is not the only four player game that's ever been released. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about. <laughs> I don't know sea, sea of thieves things happening there. I know it looked pretty good, but I think. When you see the rare logo and you're like, oh, you know, are we getting like, is Banjo coming back? You know, a lot of people are really interested Banjo. Uh, like, Conquer already tried to come coming? back. They shoved him in a hole. It was an open yeah. grave. Rest in peace, Conquer. But it, and then they they go with sort of a pretty looking game, and, and that that was okay. Um, Bread and fry. Anything stand out to you? Um, I th- problem was a lot of the things I thought were very interesting, like the medium, oh, or um. Stalker 2 or hell Halo. Uh, mm. I didn't see any surprises. Halo looked mm-hmm. like really Halo good. 
No, no. Halo, it looks it looks solid. It really did feel like 343 is stepping up the game uh, and bringing forward to the table something that actually felt new. Um, will that be the case when the actual game launches? I have no idea. But what they were showing looked solid. It had a good feel to it and felt interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stalker 2 is the fact that I think Stalker 2 is the question of it does look solid. It does have that really interesting Eastern European vibe that I think the original game captured and the, the sub-sequels of that series uh, brought forward. I do question why this showcase to show it off mm. because I, I didn't see anything that was, this could only be done on the Xbox One. Right. Wait, wait, wait. you just said Xbox One. Uh, Xbox Series X. <laughs> oh, my dear God. This is all stupid. Um, I didn't see anything that felt next gen, quote unquote. Yeah. So I felt, I, I think Halo was the closest to next gen for me. And I, I talked to it about Call, which you'll hear a bit later on. But it, because I, I, I recently played Halo 3, that the remastered version that right. I played. And I've I played here and there in the Halo series. But it, it just looked. It took the things that Halo, it was easily recognizable. It takes you to a map you know, and then it just looked so fluid in the gunplay. And it was like, this is actually looks like a graphical leap from what you would get on current gen consoles. I'm not sure how well it's yeah. going to transfer over the course of the game. But starting off with Halo, I think, was really strong where they were like, this is it. And then they never reached that height. No, what I would have done, I would have opened with the clip of uh, Fable, teased that, and closed with Halo. Mm. Because everything you're comparing past Halo didn't live up to Halo. And I don't, I'm not a Halo lover. Halo's fine. It just looked the most optimized, the most exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if they had put it on Xbox One or PS4, but yeah, that, that fits too. Whatever. That's mm-hmm. fine. It didn't yeah. feel you have that ray, ray tracing, you have that faster hard drive, you have all these features that I said when we first Xbox showcase, they're hard to show off, they're hard to sell. Like no yeah. one, no one says we're going to start a game now. Look at this real time loading. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like obviously, you know, you're all gonna you're gonna be like, oh, of course. But you know, you all you have to do is is look to a company like Nintendo who can like showcase games that like aren't really you know graphic powerhouses that aren't really performance powerhouses, and yet like everyone wants to go out and get them because they look fun and interesting and innovative. Yeah. There's only but so it, far graphics and, and performance are going to take you. I mean, at the same oh, time, Nintendo can yeah. throw a remaster at the end of an eight minute long presentation and set the internet on fire, both good and bad. Yeah. Exactly. I, at, at the same time, like it's good. a very, it's very different. Like Nintendo's very like, stylized cartoony and they can make that look good they're not trying for realism so it it, it is like xbox and, and and sony too and playstation they're they're very much trying yeah. to they have a lot more games where it's trying to look like real life so cool. and you know the technology hasn't really been there yet and, and we're getting there and stuff but it, it makes sense why the nintendo one stands out and it's also yeah you know bright colors are nice too but this I mean, is but this is oh, sorry go ahead brendan I, I just want to go over the fact the simple concept that yeah the, uh, Nintendo has an advantage; they are going to that more simple look. But it's not just that; it's the fact they give an energy mm-hmm. to the focus. They give like it, it is the way that Nintendo brings people. And like I am the last person that will say Nintendo does everything right, but 
But when they do these presentations, because they've been doing this sort of presentation since E3, like five years ago now, yeah. they, they know how to make a presentation feel energetic. And even if they're just showing trailers, the way they do it makes it sound like, oh, this is a new trailer. It's, it's fun. Whereas Xbox is like, this is serious. Look at this game. Look at this amazing game. We're floating <laughs> yes. voids over here. Um, and I think that's the biggest problem. They set it up to be the next big thing. And when you're doing that, if it doesn't become immediately the next big thing or the next evolution of what gaming is, it falls flat. It's, they're setting mm -hmm. themselves up for... Yeah. I mean, they might the tech under the surface might do it but you really don't want like apple's a good example nintendo's a good example where the simplest thing you give it regular names no one cares about teraflops no one cares about graphical performance no one cares about ray tracing they just want to know how it looks and if you if you have a special feature just give it a fun name or whatever yeah. the average person doesn't care and if you're selling to the consumer the pc enthusiasts they have their PC. If you're selling to the hardcore gamers, they have options. You need to be able to sell to everyone because you need to give justification why they're buying another $600 box. The closest they got to selling to everyone was in the pre-show. They had a couple... Isn't like, that Jeff Keighley that did that? Um, Summer Game Fest? It he did, might he did have been Jeff yeah. Keighley that did that because there were a couple straight-up new reveals in the pre-show yeah. Echo Generation, which yeah. appears to be a turn-based adventure game mm. that is exclusive to Xbox and Windows platforms. And right. Square Enix and Yuji Naka announced a 3D action platformer named Balan Wonderworld, which is yeah. on everything this gen and last And didn't they also announce uh, Hello Neighbor 2? Uh, yes, they also yeah. announced that. Um, I, I know because I've been getting the emails trickling in. Yeah, um, and yeah, they yeah, also, yeah. whatever Exo Mecha is, that's a, it it's a thing. I don't goofy. Know. So, which is more than I can say for most of this presentation. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they had a they had a pretty good they had a pretty good rate of like games, 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 games throughout this hour. Like it was it was pretty dense in terms of that, and there were. I, I, I found more games that I was interested in than I expected to, but yeah. most of the games that I was interested in were like 10-second clips also. Yeah. And also well, cross-gen, yeah. but like, yeah. like, like, like Obsidian's new RPG that's yeah. like medieval and is like Skyrim-y but looks really good. Yeah. And it's like, that's cool, but we just saw one little thing of it. So it was, there was not a lot that made me be like, okay, I'm going to buy the Xbox Series X on launch right now because it's going to be so great. Because a lot of the stuff is cross-play. I also, my, my favorite part of it, though, was that if you have Game Pass Ultimate, all of these games you can play, which I think is really strong messaging for Xbox to have. Be like, you know, you pay 180 Canadian a year, or maybe it's American, I'm not quite sure, and you can get everything that Xbox comes out with, which is which which, which is pretty good value if you're someone who's going to get the Xbox. And PlayStation doesn't really have that going for it, and I think that that's, you know, important, especially if it, as Xbox gets more into video streaming yeah. and, and, and streaming games like that, so... I like that. I also just got a new graphics card for my PC, so I'm like, oh, I can play these games, and mm -hmm. I have the subscription, so it's kind of like a... It's it's the first time ever that I'm like, you know what? This Xbox conference actually has stuff that I'm interested in playing and I can actually can play, because I've never owned an Xbox console before. I do want to one last follow-up, though, and I think mm -hmm. I think uh, Liam outlined that, that the preview had more energy than the showcase in itself, and I think at some point, someone in a Microsoft boardroom somewhere said, we need to be extreme. 
Right. And I feel gaming's moved beyond that because it's no longer like the biggest games on earth. Microsoft isn't losing that hardcore gamer concept, even though the biggest games on earth right now are Fortnite, our League of Legends, our Valiant, our um, Paladins, our Overwatch. They're no longer the games that are like extreme and hardcore. They're just games that anyone can jump in and play. And Xbox has forgotten that, or they just don't seem to realize that. I think it's interesting messaging because Xbox has sort of been the company that's been most open to having its IPs and, and sort of spreading spreading its games all over the place as opposed to being like sort of getting out of that console war mentality and being more like, you know what, games are meant to be fun. We're going we're, we're gonna to put games on like the Switch. We're going to put games on PlayStation. We're going to potentially do Game Pass for, for other consoles and stuff like that. Um, but it, it it did sort of feel like a relic of of the 2007 you know console wars where they're all like yeah edgy 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 edgy, but they already have the edgy fan base like they they already have those people and they're going to buy the Xbox Series X. It's about getting new people in, and I don't know if there was enough in this presentation to get someone who's like I've never bought an Xbox console before. I'm going to hop in now because what I saw here. I think it was a lot of I love Xbox and this just sort of keeps me invested in it because because it's something that i that i know i don't know if it's something to do if it's like um if it's sort of like a cultural thing because this was this was like going back to like the original xbox right like this was the reason why xbox and even into the 360 was just like like edgy shooter 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 sports game sports game shooter shooter racing game like like there were no real there wasn't an abundance of like really solid like narratively driven or like rpgs or like games like that on the xbox like you had to go to playstation to find that kind of content and i don't know if that's a relic of that cultural thing where like microsoft like is so deeply rooted in that like sort of american culture where they think our fan base is only going to want these like dark edgy military style games and maybe a forza and we'll throw a couple you know more colorful looking games and they're just you know to appease those other people you know because we're not you know we're not just that go those guys anymore like we know that those gamers are out there right but when you when you look at the at the like the 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 disproportionate amount of those like edgy games to like how many you know kind of like fun colorful you know more like out Mm. there games were in the showcase you know, I have to believe. I have to, you know, versus versus what you would get from like the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Five showcase that had like all of its games were these those like like bright, colorful, high concept games. Like, I, can you name like one military shooter that was in that PlayStation Five showcase? Oh, um, Horizon no. Zero Dawn is yeah, the yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> there was no. that one Boy, game wait. by the. Rezo gun people, but that wasn't military and it wasn't a normal shooter either because yeah, exactly. it had yeah. patterns like bullet yeah. patterns. And I think you're shmup. right, that's, that's reiterating what I said earlier, where other companies are embracing the fact that gaming is more than just bro culture, and Xbox mm-hmm. is still not there yet. Or if they are, their marketing department hasn't got the message and they still seem to be marketing towards that group. Mm. Yeah, misguided because I don't know why. Because most gamers right now are twenty-something women and women that might be doing gaming. Kids, it, it's no longer just dudes. Right, right. It's it's a rapidly expanding yeah. industry for sure. So I mean, we're we should be wrapping up soon. Sorry, then just one sec. But I just want to go around and say, 
and ask each of you what what is it that you want xbox to do for you to be like excited about their future or maybe excited about picking up the series x like what would they have to do to make you go and and for me i think it's I like what they're doing with Game Pass, as I said. I like that they're doing PC and they're doing the console, so you can have either or and, and sort of do that. I just sort of want them to continue that messaging and and, and also just sp- spread their IPs to other consoles because I think that they are open and willing to do it, and I think they have some some cool stuff that could mm-hmm. that could make them you know money and g- give them some nice market share. Jordan, um, well, I mean, you know, I, I I definitely agree with you. Like in terms of like reasons to get an Xbox. The Game Pass for me is like right up there at the top. Like it's a it's a solid like business uh, maneuver. Like it, it it lets it it makes it makes the Xbox and its library of games so much more accessible to a, like all kinds of people. But for me, the reason you buy a console is for those exclusives. Like the reason I have a Switch and a PlayStation, and I will probably get the PlayStation Five, is because of all of these like crazy unique made only for those system games and as it stands the xbox really like i'm not buying an xbox for for another halo and another gears of war like i'm just not it needs to it needs to really broaden its horizons and bring more exclusive games or even the games that are like you know quote unquote exclusive for the series x that just don't look so generic i mean Mm -hmm. i I, alex i'd love to make a follow-up to that comment if I mean, I'll just add this as my answer as well. Uh, I think Xbox does have that stuff. And I think Xbox, like the ID at Xbox program has been phenomenal this generation. They've they've given so many indie publishers a chance to kind of show off what they can do. And I think they're going to do, they are already planning to do that with the Series X. It's just, they're not showing it off. And if Microsoft wants me to invest in another console. I want to see the games from those indie developers. I want to see those games from the creators that are doing interesting things. I agree with Jordan. I think they're there. I just, I want them to to promote that as part of what that Xbox is. Right. It does seem to be a bit of a marketing, I don't know about error, but maybe sort of misalignment with what they have. Because yeah. like you said, they, they made a big deal two, two E3s ago about um, acquiring a ton of studios and, and we're seeing games from them now like we're, we're we're seeing a lot of stuff by ninja theory they they came out with bleeding edge recently the new satsuna's game um is coming oh, yeah. out without question they're definitely doing i think they're doing a better job than they're communicating that and a better job than they communicated in this in this direct or or uh, presentation how about you Liam? what do you what do you want to see from from the big x halo infinite's gameplay looks Looks good. Looks like they've definitely improved things over what they had in uh, in four and five. They've tried to go back to the original trilogy and make something just refined and fast and good. But oh gosh, that game is hideous. Halo. It does not look what? like a next gen game at all. I rewatched that trailer a couple times and i started seeing popping in the distance in the foreground and background things look completely matte and untextured on the bit of the world map you can see that the whole thing is divided into sections by massive gashes to probably to bottleneck you into bridges to ensure that the game can load it's cross-generation it's on xbox one and xbox series x and that is holding it back like more than i could have possibly imagined but i i feel liam that it's 
I feel if anyone that's listening to this podcast, it makes more sense for them to jump on to um, our, our cgmagonline.com, go to the article and watch the trailer so that we, they can follow along and see what you're talking about. Because I feel that's yeah. the best way. Yeah, for sure. I, no, I, no one wants us to describe trailers. <laughs> I'm on the other side, right? I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was the, the best looking thing in there. I, I guess I did. I only watched it once when it when it was going. Yeah, like, I, 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 it was it was the most impressive. Like this is you know close to the next gen, as I said. But yeah. um, I don't know, guys, check out the trailer and see what you guys think. Hey, leave a and, comment uh, below. Ooh, or above. No one ever says leave a comment above, and I think I it's because there's, no, there's no comment section above. But yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I was about to ask. <laughs> we can make anything happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's worth noting that you know the PlayStation Showcase too. None of the except Ratchet and Clank, none of the games looked like they were, you know, nothing that was like, oh my gosh, that's next gen. And and that's the thing about next gen that it, it's not going to be right away where it's all that prettier and things. So it's a weird console generation, um, but we're definitely getting a lot of games from a lot of studios. And um, Xbox says that they have more announcements to come this summer. So we and will I, definitely be staying tuned to for seeing that. what else they have in the pipe. Because this For sure. just left me drained. I'm sorry to hear that, Liam. But after this break, I'm going to be talking with Cole Watson in a new segment we like to call Connections, and where we talk about a, a video game, a movie, or a film that really stuck with them. Did I say movie and film? Whatever. Fine. With them through the years and sort of the memories of that. It we've already actually recorded that one. It's I think it's a good one. So stay tuned for that if you want your Cole Watson content, which let's be real, we all do. Um Liam, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on twitter.com at roguemclone. I currently have a rather peculiar pin tweet, but that may, <laughs> may just lead to an article. Gentlemen, wow. what do you think about Bionicle and Paper Mario? I mean, those are two words. <laughs> well, by three, well, words. It's three words, actually. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's a joined word. I don't know. It's fine. All right. So that I'm intrigued. Maybe we'll see an article about bridging the worlds of Bionicle and Paper Mario. Another Paper Mario fan out there, Jordan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore and on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. And Brandon Fry. BFry26 on anything you want to follow me on. Well, anything you want, anything, including TikTok. Yep. We're, we're I mean, getting that set up. Yeah, I probably want to get a TikTok with that name just so no one else does at this point. That's true. But I probably won't. I don't care. So if you're if you're a listener who wants to mess with Brandon, just get that account and, you know, sell it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Live your it. life. Yeah. I'm at Alex Hanziak on all social media networks. Thanks for stopping by for our discussion with the Xbox Showcase. And up next, again, Cole Watson talking about his favorite game of all time. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural Connections segment on Pixels and Ink. In this segment, we're going to talk to different personalities from CG Magazine and also around the video game, comic, and TV industries about the experiences that mean the most to them in, in all these mediums. So um, my first guest, our first guest, uh, is is a Mr. Colt Watson. He is a he's a writer. He is a, he is a performer. He is a, uh, I don't know, I don't know what other words are to describe Cole Watson. He's, he's a big Halo fan, I gotta say. Cole, how you doing? I'm doing good, Alex. I'm the lucky grand prize winner for being the first person on this segment. You are, you are. We were gonna do a cash prize, full full, full, uh, full um, disclosure there, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be like a, you know a hundred thousand dollars and it was gonna be a yeah. whole trip but then you know oh, sure. covid19 you can't you can't travel places and yeah money's, now, money's now we're useless. just pimping out my opinions yeah so now we're yeah now we're profiting off you know your your, your good opinions and stuff like that uh, but yeah before we dive into it we are going to talk about a certain halo game because you know you like the halo game and that's the one you chose to do so um but yeah strangely timely enough right yeah this is halo week this is this is <laughs> this is the time i mean halo 3 recently had its uh sort of remaster launch in the master chief collection i'd say about about a week ago and then on the day that we are recording this podcast xbox just finished their event where they showed off the new halo game halo Infinite, i believe it's called although it could be called halo something else but it's it's yeah so That's they showed it off and it looks pretty like it looks so fast and it's the first game that i've seen from next gen or that says it's next gen that i'm actually like you know what this actually looks really good and maybe it's because i've like played halo before and i've had that experience where and i played it recently where i'm like this is not how it looks right now that looks really cool yeah uh, this and Ratchet and Clank are definitely the ones that I think are definitely the main next-gen showcase titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ratchet and, and Clank was definitely the, the pretty one on Sony's side. Yeah, and w- with Halo, it's it's really surprising to see how well they've uh, really upscaled the graphics. Like original, like this is still going to be running on Xbox Ones and stuff. So I'm really interested to see like what kind of graphical downgrades those consoles are even going to receive mm-hmm. because 343 has always excelled uh, graphically, I think. Even with like a, a game on like Halo 4 for Xbox 360, was I would consider that like a next-gen title graphically. It, it was beautiful for its time. For sure, and you, you kind of do get the s- sort of ability to stylize things when you're not dealing with people with humans with faces all that much. I mean, you do get them with the, with, with the sort of... Uh, space marine characters or or, or or what have you um but you know a lot of aliens a lot of people in suits so they can kind of make that make that uh, really go yeah but what did you think of infinite you know we, we we got like a brief five minute look into it you shot some bad guys it reminded me a lot of doom eternal in, in terms of how fast it was and sort of some of the enemies we saw i mean way less gore and everything but that was sort of where my mind went uh originally yeah, it's definitely one of the faster-paced Halos, for sure. But uh, in terms of my like experience with the 343 games in general, like 4 and 5 were disappointments for a fan like me. Mm-hmm. But Infinite is is definitely shaping up to be heavily inspired, in, at least in my eyes, to like the concept of what Halo 1 Combat Evolved was supposed to be when Bungie made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's going open world with its campaign. Where it's uh, keeping... I would say just the spirit alive, which I think has been really absent from their trilogy. Like, even if you go back to something uh, on YouTube uh, from a user called Crobcat, where he compares uh, Bungie and 343's uh, design philosophies, at least with how 343 started their trilogy, they were designing it completely opposite from Bungie with how they approached Chief, to how they approached the world, to how they approached the enemies. Uh, but now it seems like it's going back to a return to form, which I really enjoy. If, if you could sort of dilute your, your issues with 4 and 5, and I think you might have just hit on them, but what was it about them that really made them not like the first three games in the series? Uh, I'll give them merit that they wanted to try new things, but for a fan like myself that went through the original trilogy and went through all the Bungie games, the the soul of Halo, I think, was missing in mm-hmm. 343's trilogy where they prioritized different things and wanted to experiment with new features 
but they weren't gluing. They weren't sticking like they should. And even Bungie's last game, which was Halo Reach, uh, it, it was it was trying to go too far into like the COD space, essentially. Right. And now it's coming back to what I think is familiar with Halo and Infinite. Mm-hmm. Well, in Halo Reach, a lot of people consider it to be the best the best online that uh, or multiplayer that Halo games have had. So I think that. It's interesting that it has that Call of Duty sort of like we want to be like Call of Duty, which a lot of it is this sort of online play. But really, because um, what I've heard is like a lot of people bring up two and three in my circles. Okay, and, and Reach I find is actually like one of the most divisive ones. Where yes, the the multiplayer does does get some good talk, uh, but uh, things like that they introduce like armor abilities and sprint were mm. um, were foreign. To, to Halo fans back in the day, and and to see that come in, they're like, ah, this, this this isn't this isn't cooperating it's like I wanted fast. to. This is yeah. too fast. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you go from a game because we we played we played a bit of Halo Three recently, but to go from that where I was surprised there was no sprint because I I don't remember playing it. I actually have played it before as I was playing. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this map. I remember doing this, but it was um, yeah when we were playing on Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice memories flooding in, but the, the fact that you can't sprint means you have to, I mean, strategically it kind of does sort of change the whole game. Right. So you add sprinting and it's like people who are good at the sort of like more positioning stuff uh, when there is no sprinting to, to going super fast. It's a whole different, it, it kind of changes the game. Uh, it seems like at least. Yeah. Cause it was introducing like completely new mobility options and you didn't know how well that would communicate in the actual sandbox of, of the weapons and the vehicles and how that would just really work. Armor abilities were like a big thing from reach that they expanded on from three where three introduced, uh, uh, just different equipment like bubble shields and all that. But now it was tied to your armor. It was something more powerful and, uh, it didn't cooperate. Some definitely hit, but, uh, others, were definitely misses, I think, in right. the community's eyes. Right, right, right. But and of course, we haven't actually t- mentioned what Halo game you are. We are talking about today, yeah. sitting down to you, but uh, we're talking about Halo Three. And yes, um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why you chose it as sort of your game that you connect with the most, or the, the game that sort of meant meant the most for you. But um, I guess start at the beginning because Halo Three came out in September 25th, 2007. Um, what What do you remember about that time when it, when it was coming out? Uh, so my, my first Halo game was actually Halo 2, where, um, my parents bought me, uh, an Xbox for Christmas, and, uh, that Christmas I also got Halo 2 Collector's Edition, and even I was able to actually dig out my old Prima strategy guide of Halo 2, uh, that I've been actually been nostalgic for right now, but, uh, yeah, that was my, that was my first Halo game, and then jumping into 2007, I got Halo 3 day one. Uh, I remember the day exactly, actually, where we were just, I was just out of uh, elementary school. My dad picked me up and we went right to EB Games, picked up my uh, collector's edition copy. And uh, I was off to the races on completing the campaign as fast as possible. Wow. Wow. Day one, you had it. And you, you also, you, did, you, you had it day one, but you didn't have online till Christmas, right? Yeah, I didn't have Xbox Live till Christmas, and so even with Halo 2, I didn't have Xbox Live. So this whole multiplayer experience, online multiplayer experience, I was just completely foreign to. Like, I had looked at uh, MLG on TV and and online, but I had never actually experienced online gaming before until the Christmas of 2007, where I got Xbox Live, I got uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, Mm. and... And I was also just, it was time to jump into Halo 3 in a completely new way. 
Right, right. And and so, like, did you just play the campaign over and over again from, like, September till de- December? <laughs> like, were, were you playing, like, eight hours a day? Like, I love Halo, or were you like, you know, this is cool, but... So I probably, by the time Christmas rolled around, I probably beat the campaign three times. But wow. uh, <laughs> I was just that obsessed with it. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it was also uh, a lovely memory that I have is that uh, me and my dad used to play together as well. And uh, my dad's recently deceased, but uh, still those memories, uh, they, they just shine even brighter. Where I picked the absolute worst map choices in Halo 2 and 3 to play together <laughs> for two people. Where I would click Blood Gulch and Valhalla and we would just have a ton of fun with vehicles and stuff. Uh... But uh, what Halo 3 actually introduced was the Forge mode. And mm-hmm. what Forge allowed was that you could put uh, new vehicles in and you could change where weapons spawned and all that kind of stuff. So I just filled the map completely with vehicles and we would just have a hell of a time. That's that's a lovely memory. And so is yeah. was gaming something cause that, that you did a lot with your dad or that you checked in as it went on? Or was Halo 3 sort of the, the, the height of that? Um... We definitely had our titles, like mm-hmm. uh, Halo 2 and Halo 3 for sure. Uh, I think our biggest one, though, was actually like Fight Night Round 3, because okay. Dad was actually into boxing, and right. uh, it was actually a game he could beat me at. <laughs> <laughs> that that must have felt good, because uh, j- just parents in general, whenever, I don't know, my experience as a kid, I'm like, oh, let's play Mario Kart. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, you know, when you don't grow up with it, when you're not, when you're not in it, it's just like a whole new learning thing, but... Uh, yeah, exactly. And you're trying to tell them things, but like they're not completely grasping it. Yeah, it's like, oh, like press L1. Okay, R1 is items or like circle, square. And they're like, what? <laughs> Why are you yelling these shapes at me, man? Like, come on, I yeah. gave birth to you or, you know, help yeah. them out. But that was actually what made like Fight Night Round 3 actually special was that it was just controller stick based where okay. like all the punches and stuff was just on the right control stick. Mm-hmm. So my dad was just throwing haymakers constantly and whipping my ass and <laughs> well you know i think it's better to have your your dad whip your ass in the video game than in real life so yeah it was just the sweet revenge he was waiting for after all <laughs> those losses in halo 3 wow yeah yeah good good old halo 3 so fast forward you know christmas day you finally get online and when i think of online gaming in the xbox era i think of toxicity i think i think of you know xbox <laughs> live chat uh, you mentioned it. I, I didn't actually know this, but Halo actually like had you had a had a had a thing after games or in between maps where you could talk to the enemy in like oh, a, yeah. a voice chat thing. So, like, if you decided to, yeah, if you like decided to uh, stay in the lobby or whatever after a game finished, uh, it would just put all the players in the lobby at the same time. And of course, and like chat headsets and, and talking like in public matches and stuff was way more popular back in the day than it is now. So it was just a constant flood of negativity and harassment and yeah, tons yeah. and tons of slurs and, and terrible cuss words. Damn. But uh, that was just the culture back in the day. And it's and surprisingly still alive and well in MCC because they don't have a profanity filter. Wow. So you still get glimpses of the golden days, if you can call them that even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call them the golden days. Interesting. Because well, I, I, I was a Nintendo kid, right? So I only had Nintendo consoles and they didn't really have online. And if they had online, yeah. it wasn't like people could cuss me out on, on the on the Wii internet, as they say. The Wii internet. Yeah. Uh, so I remember I got a, I think it was on PS4 that I had my first experience where like someone DM'd me and was like, yo, F you, or like, call me a flirt. <laughs> and it was after a Yu-Gi-Oh match. It was a weird experience, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I had a pretty, I had a pretty, uh, you know, 
cheesy deck, but it was a that was the glimpse but i've heard so so many people who grew up in that xbox 360 and you know ha- had xbox live where it was like yeah i'm paying monthly oh, yeah. so i can like rag on these people and you know get ragged on i guess yeah there were so many ways to call people out on anything like if it wasn't your skill it was your gamer score it was your profile name it was who you were playing with and your rank and all that every excuse to to insult someone that it just had so many different targets yeah, every excuse to target someone, like, that was all present. You right. you had so many. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like it was all, 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 like, a part of the game, like, part of the... I, I wouldn't say part of the strategy, because I don't you know how much that is, but to, like, to get under the skin of the person you're playing against, too, um, seems part of that whole, that, whole, uh, that whole Xbox 360 culture there. Oh, it was just it was just salt. It was just all pure salt. It was never about strategy or skill. It was just you killed me, and I'm so pissed. Uh, I, I I can relate to that. I mean, we played I don't know two or three rounds of Halo Three, just, just so I get familiar with the game. And I was just like, every time I died, I'm like, that's not my fault. This hit detection, <laughs> like what? This guy's flying a giant ship, and I got a freaking pistol. Like this is this stupid game, stupid game. But it was yeah, also, it was also lots of fun. So Halo Three was the end of the trilogy correct it was the yeah end of the original trilogy end of the original trilogy what was the do you want to go over like the quick story beats if if that's that's possible to do uh sure so like halo one introduced well halo one was already set in a war between uh the unsc which was the forces of earth versus an alien force called the covenant who was basically uh reaping planets and destroying them, getting their resources, killing all of their people. Uh, but also uh, they were hunting for Halo. They were hunting for this ring because uh, they believed it could take them on the great journey. And Halo 1 is all about stopping their first attempt at getting the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we succeed. Halo 2 comes around. We're introduced now to a new character besides Master Chief. We're introduced to the Arbiter, who uh, is deemed like a heretic, a traitor, uh, to his own race, and he's basically sent on suicidal missions uh, by the Covenant just to do his job, but he eventually breaks free, uh, a, a second Halo pops up, and once again we thwart their plans, and then we go into Halo 3, which is finishing the fight. Master Chief, it, Halo 2 ended on such a massive cliffhanger, mm-hmm. where Master Chief actually does say at the end, like, we're going to finish this fight. It, it took, I, I believe it was three years before Halo 3 came out, actually. So oh, wow. people, yeah, people were patiently waiting, so to speak, That's a lot for of mess- any news. Message board speculation time, I'm sure. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. My, my uncle, he knows what's happening in Halo 3. Master Chief's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna I don't know, he's gonna grow a new arm and he's gonna, it's gonna be really cool. What does his face look like? No one knows, so. <laughs> Still a mystery to this very day. Still a mystery, yeah. Maybe Infinite will finally give us that. I hope not. That's one of the <laughs> things that that Bungie kept all kept really not secretive per se, sacred. but yeah, I would say sacred is a good way. Because even though like uh, we have a bunch of lore on John one one seven in the books and and uh, who the Master Chief really is, uh, but in the games he was always basically perceived as like we the player are the ghost in his shell right. that we actually give him the life that he has mm-hmm. and really we assume the role of this gun toting badass. Right. Whereas three, four, three decided to humanize him more and uh, really give him more emotion, so to speak. Mm. Right. And so what is halo three? What, what happens in halo three? Cause you played the first 
couple minutes and it seems like Cortana is not doing too well. And we just met up with what looks like an enemy and Master Chief was like, we're going to fight you. And then everyone's like, no, he's on our side. It's like, what? Yeah. What uh, so, so that character was the Arbiter that was introduced in two. So now he's split off. All the elites have essentially split off from the Covenant mm-hmm. uh, and the Brutes have now taken their place because the elites uh, have realized that their prophets, truth, mercy, and regret have all lied to them about what the great journey actually is, which is really just a huge uh, mass suicide of the whole universe if the halo rings are activated, but that's mm. what they're seeking. Right. Um, also, uh, we get introduced uh, in Halo 1 and and through the series, we get introduced to, I would say, the actual true evil of the series, which is the Flood. Mm. Um, and they obviously have a very big biblical con- connotation uh, as so many of these, uh, symbolisms in, in Halo do. But, uh, yeah, th- uh, in Halo 3, it's all about finishing the fight. So it's about wrapping up all those loose ends. It's, it's about getting, uh, the final revenge on the prophet of truth and, uh, actually stopping Halo from activating once more. Right. Um, and finishing the flood as, as we can. Hmm. So in, in Zelda, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's called Legend of Zelda. And they think that you know, some people think that Link is Zelda. In, in, does that work in the Halo um, circles too, where people are like, they think that Master Chief's name is Halo. And they're like, oh, look, it's Halo. Like, it's, it's a meme that goes on is that his name is like John Halo or something. Oh, okay. True identity. <laughs> but no, nah, Halo is, is purely just uh, the weapon itself that was designed by the Forerunners in okay. the lore. And uh, it was meant that if you activated those rings, that essentially it was like a big bang. It would reset the universe the mm-hmm. more it consumed and the more it destroyed. Right. And so we've, I mean, we've touched on a lot of different things about Halo 3, but what was it specifically or that that makes it stand out to you so much? That makes it a game that now in, in 2020, like 13 years after its release, you look at it as like, yeah, that's the game that's really, really stuck with me. It's really uh, hit me emotionally. I think uh, to get in like my top 10 of games, it's it's not just the quality of the game itself. It's also the memories that you hold with it. Right. So we already touched on the ones that I have with my father, but uh, the ones that are still ever present to this day are uh, that Halo 3 was definitely responsible for uh, me and my best friend Adam actually developing our relationship through uh, Xbox Live and stuff like that, where we were always friends in elementary, like ever since... Uh, geez, I'd have to say like grade three when we were just kids mm-hmm. and we connected over things like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. But it wasn't until we both had Xbox Live and we both realized we had Xbox Live. And it was that Christmas and that summer of 2008 where we went, we're playing Halo 3 and Call of Duty every single day. <laughs> and and we're just going to have a hell of a time. Yeah, and yeah. that bond of like playing Halo 3 in, in a playlist called like Team Doubles and stuff where it was just us versus another enemy team and we had to cooperate and strategize and all that. Uh, those memories are so deeply embedded in who I am and how uh, gaming has shaped me as a player as well mm-hmm. that uh, they're just really valuable. That's wonderful. And yeah, just, just thinking about the Call of Duty and, and Halo 3, like it seems like 2007 was... A pretty good time for, for for sort of online online gaming and on, online shooters for sure. It, it seems it seems to be a nostalgia point for for a lot of players where it's like you know that was a place where there were multiple shooting games that were like really hitting it and um, really uh, 
really fun to play on your Xbox Live when you cuss people out. And I, <laughs> you mentioned that you had a bit of a, a bit of a temper when you when you used to play this game. I mean, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I guess you already touched on the toxicity, but can you maybe go into like what this game turned turned you into, and maybe maybe turns you into? Oh yeah, because even in MCC, I'm surprised at how much the rage can come back. Like if I'm in a four v four uh in a 4v4 slayer match or something like that and i realize like one guy's not using the power weapon properly or that's me (laughs) or or he's not or uh he wasn't able to clean up uh, a one-shot kill that i created after i died something like that like i just i i I, like grip the controller and i'm like ah yeah why why couldn't you finish him off (laughs) <laughs> but uh, obviously when I was a kid, it, it was much worse. It was that I was actively cussing and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, it's also when you're young and you're like, you're, this is like social interaction. And it's like, well, how, how do I do this? And you hear someone like swearing in the server and you're like, okay, I guess this is the, this is the way to like communicate with people on here. And then it just sort of. Yeah. This is the unique language of how we speak to our people. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, you're looking at cave drawings or, or, or people are looking at like Xbox live call logs in like a hundred, like, you know, a hundred thousand years. I, I don't know if they keep that. I don't know. <laughs> that'd, that'd kind of be weird, but they're like, oh, cool. Well, what he meant when he said, I'm not going to say it here, but was that he, He's, he really values the competition and, the, you know, you know make, makes, <laughs> makes you better and all, and all that kind of stuff. He says that I could be a better comrade. No, oh, you know what? I, I think that's true. I think that I think we can all learn from that. And then there's like statues of the person built and it's like, <laughs> it's like fat ball 69. And it's like, nice, dude. Great. Great. Man. Yeah. Great. Why did you pick up the rockets, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> what a quote. Oh my gosh. Get that on my, I don't know. You know what? Put it on the tombstone. Put it on the tombstone. But you know, I want to see it before. Maybe like spray paint it on my house when I'm out. <laughs> I can really see it. Uh, you also, you know, esports is esports is big now. But you also you you had a bit of a, a career in the in the Toronto uh, uh, Halo scene. Oh yes, in the GTA, my one match career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's what actually brought out the rage in me was when I wanted to actually build a competitive team with me and my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like we were trying to reach a higher standard of play and we wanted to actually develop our skills a lot more, but uh, we were just kids and we never knew like the concept of call outs or, (laughs) or uh, timing like the power weapons when they, exactly. It was going into public matches and just playing again. But (laughs) we were like, Oh yeah, we, we beat this team. That means we've like, upgraded our skill level by 0.1 of a point <laughs> it, it was so dumb but uh in the gta actually at the dixie flea market there was a, a place that actually held tournaments in there i forget what it was called i think it was like you got game or something like that sounds like a yeah yeah and uh they hosted like uh weekly uh well yeah weekly tournaments of halo and a bunch of other games on the weekends and uh, every time I would go there, I would, besides going to get like my packs of Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something like that, it would be going to You Got Game and just watching how people were playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that spurred me on to like, guys, let's 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 build a team. Let's actually compete in one of these tournaments. And uh, it just never formed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got my I got my gaming debut. Yeah. I eventually got my gaming debut when uh, one of the teams uh, wanted to compete, but one of their guys was running late. I think he was, uh, I think it was just transit issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I'm like, well, I can I can fill in for one of you guys. I think it was I think I must have been like 14 at the time. Damn. And uh, they're like, I don't think this kid's got skill. I don't, they were asking like my rank and stuff, and they were asking how much I played. And eventually, they're like, oh, we, we just got to sub him in. We we got to put him in. It's gonna be a train wreck. I don't even remember if we won or lost that game. Yeah. All I re- all I remember that I hold is the trophy of that day was I was second place on the team in terms of score. <laughs> take that take Take that that. you think i had no skill and i was second on your team get out scrubs i I, I don't know i don't know if he's good enough and it's like yeah i I just beat your two guys who've been practicing together for years who came into this well-oiled machine and then if i I knew call outs i would be number one on the leaderboard (laughs) (laughs) number one on the leaderboard in this current game at the dixie flea market that that, that is a nice plaque I, i like that yeah, so, one I wear with pride. Yeah, so if anyone if anyone's a plaque maker, please please do, uh, you know, message us, comment on, on things on cgmagonline.com or on this podcast episode. Um, very good. But and, and then you retired from comp- the competitive scene. You you had your game. You were the ringer. You you left them wanting more. And, yeah, eventually I just sell with becoming an online coach. <laughs> <laughs> is this true? Which is com- no, it's complete bullshit. Oh, okay. okay, I was. <laughs> I was hoping that we were going to get it, yeah. And then I, and then I coached the tier two team, and you know we were all very close. And a couple of those players, they went pro, but then you know, yeah, final boss that had like players like T squared and Walshy and all that. Yeah, I coached them. Yeah, My fourteen year old self. Wow, it's because you you didn't you you weren't bogged down by society's expectations. You were just like, you know what, guys, we got to kill the other team more than they kill us. And the whole locker room goes, yeah. And then they go and get the get that state championship for their for their high school. Yeah, and then I'm the guy who also recommends like all the non-competitive maps. Like, I'd really like to see you guys play with like a warthog and a banshee. Can we get Valhalla running here? I just love Halo. They're like, wow, his 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 his, his approach is so different from all of the coaches. His players are so happy. Wow. You know, there there have been a lot of sports movies that have been, you know. Okay, but I think I think this Call of Duty movie, or yeah, not Call of Duty. Wow, we've been talking about Halo for like thirty minutes, and I just called it a Call of Duty movie. <laughs> okay, this this Halo movie, and it's 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 about the coach, and he's just like, yeah, I'm fourteen, and I don't play well enough, but I'm gonna coach you guys. And he's, they're like, what? What's about Halo? What what are these ships? What are we gonna do? <laughs> wow, it it still amazes me that like for for so many people that like halo four and stuff were like their first games in the series. Mm. And I, and I just go like, you completely missed the original trilogy. How can you even start on four? Are you even a real halo fan? I never go that far, but yeah. You read all the novelizations. <laughs> I read a few. I was so into halo. Yeah. Like I, I do remember reading like a few of the novels and stuff. None of that information has been retained. <laughs> None well, of that lore. It's, it's purely wiki pages. <laughs> Join us next week when Cole's on again <laughs> to talk about the Halo books, his favorite book series. Because technically, technically, this is about you know your, your favorite memories in different in different media, right? So we're talking about talking about video games, could be comics, could be movies. So Cole could come back and be like, "Well, I really like the Master Chief books. It's very very good." Yeah, you gotta make sure that you bring me back for the Yu Gi Oh episode. Oh man, yeah. Well, that that's my episode. I mean, we're we're probably, yeah, just, gonna, we're probably just gonna flip it over. <laughs> you know i'm already giving up my hosting duties and it's been one episode so it's it's good you know yeah good for, good for the ego good 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 for all that but uh, you you did mention people who haven't played halo 3 but now they can because master chief collection just released halo 3 
which is you know why this is such a timely episode thank you video game release gods really appreciate it um, yes it's not a perfect port like yeah. alex says it does have hit reg issues that are definitely plaguing it right now I, okay but to be fair i think that was mostly me but you know nah let's blame it on the hit reg okay damn hit reg <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. But uh, yeah, it's still been a hell of a time revisiting that game and all the nostalgia has come flooding back at such a perfect time where, yeah, Infinite is just on the horizon for this year, as well as this new podcast segment that I'm definitely uh, <laughs> definitely happy to come on and share my memories of this game with. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a better first person to have on the show. Sorry, everybody else I'm ever going to have on the show, but you're, you're all second to Cole, I guess, is that. Yes, especially Paper Mario, Sticker Star, whatever it's called. Jordan's episode's not going to be great. Wow. (laughs) You know, if there was ever any doubt that Jordan's going to talk about Paper Mario, Sticker Star on this show, I think think it's gone. I think it's gone. I mean, he he, he wrote like a a 2,000-word piece. I think he's putting it on his YouTube channel where he's defending Sticker Star. So... um, I feel like he can he, he can transfer that into a 30-minute podcast. Or, you know, <laughs> Definitely. Jordan, we're ready for you, whatever you choose, we choose to do. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it was really interesting to jump into to Halo 3 because my only experience with Halo was playing with my friend who had an Xbox 360, and I would just play local. And I, it actually was Halo 3 now that I think about it um, because when I played um, – when, when I was playing with you a couple of days ago, I'm like, oh, I know this map. I remember this. This is exactly how the game was. This is such a fun yeah. – Fun, fun thing when you're when you're on Valhalla and you got all the ships and you're you're going on that. Um, and you just get one shot out of the air and you don't know why. See, but I played with my friend and then a couple people who didn't really play Halo, so I had a pretty okay experience. Because I feel like uh, every yeah. other time I played Halo, I played it once at like a video game store in Toronto when my friend was in town. And these guys are just like so good at Halo. Like it's 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 just. I mean, obviously they play all the games and everything, but it's just. I'm not terrible at, at first person shooters or third person shooters or whatever the hell Halo is. I can't think of it, but it's just like, it's a whole, whole new level of getting dunked on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Halo especially has a huge skill ceiling, which is surprising for how simplistic uh, it actually looks on the surface mm-hmm. uh, where you have a jump button, you have a melee button and you have this uh, sandbox of weapons, but uh, it's insane how skill it, how much skill it takes for something like a one V one battle rifle battle where you're both strafing left and right and you're crouching or you're jumping you're finding some way to actually get the edge on your opponent mm-hmm. um and, and that just took that took me so long just to get into like the, the concept of strafing in general was like so foreign to me as a kid i'm like why would you go left and right when you want to shoot straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a whole different brain rewiring muscle memory like madness but yeah, no shooter I've played actually like has that emphasis on those kinds of mechanics like Halo does. And, mm-hmm. and Halo 4 and 5, I think, because I never played 5, actually. But oh, uh, wow. 4 fan. especially. Wow. Yeah, okay. huge fan. Bring this episode out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 4, uh, I, I, I think because of how much it had now with like Sprint was now Brent, uh, built in. It wasn't like an armor ability or anything. Like how people approach firefights and stuff was completely different just by changing that one mechanic. Right, right, right. Well, thank you for for coming on the show, Cole. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna say about Halo Three? Any anything we've we've touched on or maybe haven't touched on yet? Uh, if you have the opportunity to buy the Master Chief Collection on PC, I I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a great place to start the series as well as get a feel for what I think they're going for infinite with uh, either uh, Halo CE two or three. I think I think that um, I think it's like a ten dollar game in, in Canadian funds for for Halo three. It could be a bit more. I'm not sure. Yeah, it depends on if you buy the package itself or if you just want the individual games, which right. I know some people just go for. Yeah, and, and if you really, and if there's other games on sort of Xbox you want to jump into, the Game Pass Ultimate, I think, is... If if there's enough games, like, there, there's some good ones on there. There's, like, Witcher 3, there's uh, yeah. Ori, Will of the Wisps, Ori the Black Forest, all that stuff. You can get Master Chief Collection, and that, that's how I got it. I got Game Pass Ultimate, which is not yeah. sponsoring this episode, although, you know... <laughs> We'll you know we'll, we'll get into those multi-million dollar deals with microsoft oh, yeah. eventually oh yeah for sure they'll, they'll just pay us in subscriptions and we'll be like great we have <laughs> subscription for the next three thousand years this is, this is great it'll all be spawned by my review of infinite damn yeah so i hope it's good <laughs> infinite. Um, and if someone else's review it please complain to brendan fry at cg magazine yes editor-in-chief but uh, you know let, let's end it off with a it's a bit of a, a question. This is a question I like to ask at the end of most of my interviews that I've done. And I don't know sure. why it came up, but um, Cole Watson, what is one thing that you think that the world needs more of? The world needs more of? Damn, I feel like that's so deep for something like Halo 3 that just, <laughs> I'm like, that, that. It needs uh, less running, you it, it needs less sprinting. Let's sit on chairs more <laughs> No, um, that I think the world needs more of. I think it just needs more of a willingness to communicate with each other. I think that there is a lot of barriers that we put up uh, around ourselves or around others that really stops us from communicating well with one another and making games or making any form of entertainment better. Wow, wonderful. Thank you, Cole. And if you guys want to communicate, feel free to go on Xbox Live and just yell your yell your brains out. Um, or you know, do it nicer. <laughs> I think nicer might, might be a better way to do it. But Cole, where can people find you on, on the internet? They can find me at Twitter at Kaiser underscore Watson. Awesome. And I'm at Alex Hansiuk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. And uh, yeah, stay tuned to cgmagonline.com for a lot of cool articles, a lot of coverage of, of Xbox event, a lot of, you know, a Halo Infinite review is going to come eventually from Cole Watson. So very exciting. Uh, thank you, Cole, for stopping by. And um, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Next week, goodbye, y'all. With a new episode. Take care, all. Bye.